Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast it's joe marino and kyle krabs we're your hosts chris schuber floating around producing this thing we're all from the draft network and we're brought to you by bet online which is your number one source for all your football betting needs this season you'll find the latest odds matchup info player news and game trends and as your continued source for all your sports wagering information Bet online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, even Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. It's Bet Online. And it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Cake Decorating Day to you. Cake? When's the last time you decorated a cake? One and done. One, One and, and done. done. Yeah. What was the, what was the flavor <laughs> of the cake and the context of the situation? Yeah. So uh, this was several years ago. My wife asked me to, and, and that's on her. We'll start there. That's on her. She asked me to put the uh, frosting on the cake. And so, uh, you know, just a standard in the oven, you know, pull it out, put the frosting on it. Well, uh, folks, you got to let it cool down, right? You can't just frost the cake out of the oven. No, nobody told me that. Nobody told me that. So I tried this. The cake is peeling off into the frosting. I realized quite quickly that this wasn't a job for me. Um, And so I, I, uh, I flew it. I threw in a towel and said, I, (laughs) this is not working. Uh, And so she came back home and did it and it wasn't great but what's you up guys ever, you guys ever have the experience of getting a cake from like your local grocery store chain i don't want to throw anybody under the bus but like you go in you say hey i want happy birthday timmy on the cake and then you place the order and they said hey come back saturday 12 o'clock the cake i've will done be this here. and then you get I've the cake this. and it doesn't say happy birthday timmy it says sorry for your loss jan or something like that on the cake you've ever run into this no that's not happening not, I don't, dec- sorry I don't for your decorate, jam, I don't- but I've, uh, there, there have been errors. And okay. usually if there's a simple error, like I'll just fix the error. Like I can do like, really? I can do com- spell check. You feel that confident in your skills. Wow. I wouldn't touch the cake. If it says something wrong. Sorry, Timmy. Yeah. yeah to I just, I just gouge the, Ooh. the top of the, and then smooth it back over and then rewrite. Like they'll like misspell a name, like Jamie with the I before the M or after the M. Right, like What's little your, stuff like that. I could. It do sounds that. like you got some some skills here, Kyle. It's just are you uh, decorating Scout, cakes in you know? your spare time. Well, I didn't Scout. know that was part of the curriculum. Yeah, cake decorating is part of the Boy Scout curriculum. It's it's not no, but it's it's like you gotta be thrifty and then you gotta MacGyver it sometimes, mm. or MacGruber it sometimes. I well, guess. Well, I, uh, next time we're uh, we're together, I'd love to have a Kyle Krabs decorated cake. Uh, I'll see what I can do and yeah, throw one you. together. 
Well, it is Monday, and uh, it's time for us to declare our dudes from the weekend that was in football. Are we bake, make them cakes for um, like dude, like man. a dude, dudes cakes, custom yeah. cakes. I'll I'll do the whole part until it needs to be decorated, and we'll just send it over to you. You can do the rest and go from there. But we got our dudes. Sure. We got a mock draft to react to uh, over at thedraftnetwork.com. So that is what is on tap. Today, Kyle, I feel like I've went first every single time we've done my dudes. So why don't you take the honors this week? You would like me to present my dudes first. That is so kind of you to offer. Kyle's I will gladly, dudes. I will gladly do that. Uh, so my first dude is somebody that we had a chance to watch play live on Saturday night at Texas A&M versus Alabama. And it is Brian Branch, the safety defensive back, uh, it, whatever you want to classify him. All I know is, is he is an absolute dude this, uh, this week for his performance uh, against Texas A&M. The second dude that I have is somebody who we have long been fans of, uh, but finally had like the arrival game that we have been waiting for. <laughs> that is Quentin Johnston, the wide receiver from TCU. Uh, I know the uh, TCU Kansas game was one of the ones that we watched at uh, World of Beer and uh, had a chance to uh, enjoy. I know, Joe, you, you'll come back to that game here in just a little bit. Uh, my third dude is an NFL player. It's a brain guy for me. I got so excited that I just dropped something right off my desk. Sorry, I saw Chris's head whipped around. He's like, yo, what's going I on? Just, I was just concerned. Normally, I know what My chair didn't break or anything. Don't okay, worry. Okay, yeah. I just want yeah, to be no, sure I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Okay. Things, are, things are falling apart over here quicker than the Dolphins 2022 roster. Um, Ramondre Stevenson, running back, New England Patriots. I don't know if you good saw call. what Ramondre yeah. Stevenson did, but Ramondre was a dude who we loved coming out of Oklahoma and the way he showcased at the Senior Bowl, and then he goes to New England, and it's like, gosh, like <laughs> Patriots don't really draft well, but they get a bunch of good backs, right? It's the one thing that they consistently nail down, and then Ramondre, uh, Damian Harris went down with, with some kind of injury, and, and Stevenson took that ball literally and carried it as New England just on the ground dominated Detroit up front. Uh, and I do have a, an honorary fourth dude as well. It's Bruce from World of Beer, Tuscaloosa. Oh, good call. Good call. Yeah. Our guy, Bruce. Bruce was amazing. Honorary dude. Well, we got to uh, hang out there. On especially because Bruce was able to collaborate wonderfully with Chris Schubert. In a live setting, a high-stress scenario for Chris yeah, and his it's... production. <laughs> Bruce and Chris got it together. I stayed the hell out of the way, and Bruce and Chris figured out how to hook up all this stuff. We did three hours uh, of conversation on Texas A&M in Alabama, in Tuscaloosa, at the World of Beer, and yes, mutual dude, Bruce from World of Beer. Kyle, could, so I want to start with Ramondre Stevenson, one of your sure. dudes there, running back New England Patriots. And I said this to my brother after we got done watching the games on Sunday afternoon. And I said, let's say that you were told you couldn't watch any football on Sunday. And, you know, you know the league and all that type of stuff, but you couldn't watch any of the games. And so you had to take all of the games and all of the scores 
and match them up, right, based on which one you thought went to each game, which sounds like mm-hmm. a fun thing to do, except for then you'd not watch the games, which would be horrible, so you could never actually do it. And I said to him, I said, look, there's no chance you would assign 29-0 Patriots New, New England over to the, the number Patriots one scoring yeah. against the number the, one scoring offensive The football. Bailey's happy Patriots scored 29 against the Lions, who had the worst defense in the league, but also the best scoring offense and didn't score at all. Like, you, and did, you see ja- did you see Jack Jones' interception? Yes. Oh, my goodness. He's, he's playing at a good yeah. level for the Patriots. But Stevenson's a big reason why they were able to control this game, right? Yeah, he ended up having 175 yards from scrimmage. He had two catches, I believe, yeah, two catches for 14 yards, but 25 carries for 161 yards. He ripped off a 49-yard gainer. Of course, you mentioned Bailey Zappi at the quarterback position, so they're on their third-string quarterback, and they just pounded the rock right at him. And, you know, they got a defensive touchdown along the way. Jared Goff on a fourth down. He fumbles. They run that back for a touchdown. It's a tough break in the in the context of the game. But well, Damian Harris had four carries for 11 yards. Bailey Zappi had five for five. It was the Ramondre Stevenson show on the ground. And they got after Detroit up front. And you knew that was a concern for Detroit coming into the season. But the fact that it manifested in the way in which it did – if I'm a lot of teams and I'm coming up, I see Detroit coming up on the schedule. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try and replicate that because I can control the clock. I can keep the ball out of Detroit's offense uh, and force them to play a little bit more mistake free football. And New England was able to force a big mistake at a defensive touchdown. And Stevenson, he's the future of that backfield, right? Like Damien oh, Harrison, a sure. contract year. Like this is the preview of what it's going to be like next year in its entirety in my mind. I, I don't think any of the the backs Pierre Strong or anybody like that is going to really step on Stevenson's toes next year. I think he's going to be the feature guy there next year in 2023. Yeah, I don't from the e- economic standpoint, right, of the way that the Patriots are going to prioritize their roster. I think they're going to want that, right? That's going to be something yeah, they're going to want. So for sure. And they'll probably draft a couple more running backs and they'll be fine, but uh yeah, Stevenson, the, the workhorse for the Patriots and a big win for them over the Lions. Brian Branch, fun oh player to God, watch dude. on tape, funner player to watch live, pass breakups, tackles for loss, tackles. He was a dude. It's his play on the hash and support towards the line of scrimmage that just screams value to me. He's, he's yeah. a terror. You're asking wide receivers and tight ends to block this guy and nobody can do it. And then he tackles really well. He's a violent tackler. He wraps up well. He breaks you down in space. He's quick to react, so he's quick to beat you to the spot in all those instances. He was a man possessed against Texas A&M, and I thought he played lights out. Now, I was worried what his availability might look like because he had a wrist injury the week before against Arkansas. Right. right. And then, lo and behold, he came out here, and if it was bothering him, you certainly couldn't tell because he was flying around a million miles an hour. And that was... We we talked a lot about both running backs in that AM Alabama game, Joe, when we were doing the three hours on Friday night and Achain and, and Jameer Gibbs and you know Gibbs was really close to breaking a couple like fifty plus yard touchdown runs, but you could see just how elusive he was. But I think Brian Branch is the biggest winner for me out of like live scouting that game. I think Brian Branch is the biggest winner 
Um, and when, when my next time comes around to do a mock draft, like he's probably going to be a top 25 player. Yeah. Deserves it. Uh, fell in love with him after the Auburn game. Well, I wouldn't say after the Auburn game. It was after I watched the Auburn game this summer for summer scouting to, to get to know Brian Branch. I'm like, okay, yeah. we, we got yeah. a player here. We got a real one here. Yeah. And he just, he's shown up all, all season long. Uh, Quentin Johnson. Welcome, sir. We needed this. I remember it was, it was last week uh tcu scored all those points right i would have like 700 yards they scored like 60 points and quentin johnson had like four catches for 30 yards i'm like oh my god like it's just it's not gonna happen for him this year and then fast forward and then it did and then it did he had 14 for 206 and a touchdown and almost all of that was in the first half (laughs) so um he has quietly i don't know that we've realized this joe uh, he has quietly posted 26 receptions for 320 yards and a touchdown. Do you know what his previous high in those three receiving categories was before coming into this year in his other two seasons? Yeah, I, I know he's never been a big volume guy. I'd guess it was, I think he had probably in the 600s for yards, like maybe like 40, 50 catches in like four touchdowns. So 2021, he had 612 receiving yards. That's his career high. So you're accurate there. 33 receptions is his Mm. single season career high. He has 26 for 320 right now. He's going to have a career year. He's going to have a career year, and we're sitting here saying, man, where's this guy's production? Well, And granted, he he got about two-thirds of all of his production for the season on Saturday against Kansas. I get it. But um, the physical talent is obviously there. And now that you're you're getting production in Kansas, a better football team than I think anybody anticipated that they would be at the beginning of the year uh, is a nice omen uh, for Quentin Johnson. So I guess just to clarify there on, on on that, because you're you're you make up you make some good points here about just the historical production there. But for me, it was Quentin Johnson in the Sonny Dykes offense now at TCU, where sure I'm what everybody went off at receiver at at. SMU under Sonny Dogs, and I'm like, oh God, like this is an unreal talent that he has. And so I think it was kind of just expecting like the numbers that we've seen every other SMU player have, but obviously we probably didn't give enough credit to just the acclamation, but hopefully well, this is a sign of things to come. I, I think that this is worth acknowledging too. Um, the next leading receiver for TCU has 16 receptions this season. Yeah. So he's got 10 more receptions than anybody else on the roster. They're through five games, and they have uh, 1,499 team passing yards. So they're not even averaging 300 passing yards a game in general. Now, they, they've got uh, the running games working really well for them. I mean, they're, they're almost equal production on the ground versus passing thus far this season. And, and I certainly don't think we expected that from a Sonny Dykes offense at this point yeah. either. Yeah. But um, – yeah, I just think the passing game in general versus the expectations, and you bring up a good point with Sonny Dykes being the head coach there. Uh, everybody kind of looked at that and said, oh, well, look at what he did last year. Imagine that on an exponential scale. Uh, but we haven't gotten that, whether that is uh, learning the new system or Max Duggan or the receivers themselves or some combination of all those things. Cal, my dudes this week, we're staying heavy college football. Um had a fun weekend with you and Chris watching a lot uh, of college football. So is it confirming Bruce from World of Beers 
Tuscaloosa Bruce, is one of Bruce your Bruce from your World of dudes. Beer, Tuscaloosa, Firmly, um, firmly yes. on the list. Um, other players, Tennessee Edge, Byron Young, two and a half tackles for loss, two and a half sacks in the big 40 to 13 win for the Vols over LSU. Bring in Alabama to town next week in Knoxville. He's one of my dudes. I had to sneak in Kansas quarterback Jason Bean. A lot of respect for the performance. He had four touchdown passes in a uh, resilient effort. It's not me clapping. I know. No, yeah, to clarify, you know, Kyle, Kyle's out on uh, uh, Mr. Bean, but, uh, you know, I had, had a gutsy lot of fun. performance. I had a I lot gutsy of fun performance. I respect it. And here's one that I, I just, I think with my dudes, I try to bring stuff to the table that's not like, the most obvious, just like they had the best statistical performance, right? These oh, are guys that fired. stood out to me in a way, right? That that moved the needle. Dallas Turner, right? He he's he's the guy, other guy for Alabama, opposite of of Will Anderson. And I don't want to like maybe I'll just will I'll just get into it because I, he's one of the players I was excited to bring up on, on this conversation. You know, like Will Anderson, he gets the attention right, rightfully so. But Dallas Turner was so good against Texas A&M. He had two sacks um, and, and did a lot. Like, he rushed. He played in coverage, you know, dropping quite a bit, playing in space. And I thought his ability to rush, play the run, play shallow zone coverage was really important for the style of game Alabama had to play defensively against Texas A&M and and you know, knowing that it's going to be a dink and dunk type offense, they're not very explosive in the passing game. They're going to want to create some space for David Devin A. Chain to, to get some touches. And I thought that Dallas Turner was very much a neutralizer in this game. And so, um, you know, as we, as I, I, I know you're the same way, but like you like to go to games and there's certain things that you want to focus in on that you definitely want to come away with some impressions of, but also there's this component of, hey, just let the talent speak to me. Like who's, who are the physical aggressive players that are impacting this football game? Right. Those are I always try to look at every game that I watch through that lens. And Dallas Turner was right there among the, the top guys that I would put in that bucket for Alabama in this game. A critical win against Texas AM, four point win. It got tight, but Dallas Turner was a big part of, of the reason why the tide was able to survive Texas AM. Yeah, Turner showed up all over the place, and, and we certainly use other with air quotes right i mean he's he's a pretty impressive talent and and i'm glad that you mentioned him and and saw uh the impact that he had beyond just the sacks but the disruptiveness and what alabama was able to do a lot of their success came from uh, crashing those inside gaps and looping those guys around and, and kind of manufacturing some stunts and games and to see dallas turner have uh, not just the kind of build that you feel good about winning off the edge, but having the ability to to impact the pass rush in more ways than one is uh, going to be huge for him to have that on his resume is, is whenever that time comes for him to transition and go to the pros. want to mention Byron Young as well. This is, this is going to be one of the best stories for the, uh, the rising draft class and, and Byron standout performance for Tennessee against LSU, two and a half sacks. Um, but he he's a guy that started his career uh, in the JUCO ranks, and then he transfers to Tennessee ahead of the 2021 season. He's an older prospect. He's going to turn 25 before the start of the 2023 draft, but he was the assistant manager at a dollar general before taking 
a JUCO tryout in 2019. He didn't play football in 2020 due to COVID. And, but his team still practice. And he winds up uh, having some practice clips go viral. And all of a sudden, he gets offers from Georgia, LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee, right? He goes to Tennessee, and he has a good year in 2021. And you're, like, enjoying all these flashes. You see that he's loose in terms of flexibility. He's got some speed. He's got a decent amount of length for a guy that's not super big. And you're like, wow, if he kind of puts it together, we, we got a really interesting player. And it's it's starting to happen this year. He's playing a ton of snaps for Tennessee. He's making an impact. Uh, obviously, two and a half sacks last week. If they get a dub against Alabama, he'll be a big reason why, I can assure you of that. But I love the story. I love that he's producing. I love that he's getting a volume of snaps. And um, like you just root, you root for stories like this. And so yeah. uh, good for him. And, and I, I, I'm excited for continued success and, and what he's going to do throughout the rest of this season. As, as Tennessee is going to be in some big-time football games, it appears, this year. Starting this weekend. Yeah, with Alabama, I remember looking over at you uh, with that game on the TV, and I'm like, "Yo, this Byron Young, he's a dude, right?" And you're like, "Oh yeah, he's what you you called him, Bendy, right?" He's like, "Yeah, loose and loose and explosive, loose and explosive," and and that obviously for for pass rushers moves the needle for so many people. And he just without even having the sound on for the game, but just kind of being in that multi-screen environment and being in the midst of the conversation. Like every time you looked up, he's flashing and he's, mm-hmm. he's really disruptive in that game. And I look forward to later this week talking about Alabama, Tennessee in general, uh, yeah. because I, th- I think we have some thoughts on that game and, and the performance of both teams and, it's going to be a really interesting SEC showcase, and I'll leave that at that for now. Yeah, the, week, the weekly watch, watch list. The weekly watch list, Thursday. I assure you, we will, we will be talking about Bama, Tennessee. All right. I Shout out Park, uh, Parker. Jason Bean, gutsy performance for Kansas as a backup quarterback, four touchdowns, made it close, made it interesting. But uh, what's also interesting is his mock draft. <laughs> I haven't. I have not looked. Oh, brother! Uh, I peaked like very quickly because I needed. We needed it early to record the podcast. Oh, do, yeah. I'm, look, Kyle, I'm looking now. I'm looking now. I'm. I'm. Kyle, I'm there. Do you have? Do you have more things that you could potentially break on the ground for this mock draft? Um, I could go <laughs> down and get what's down there now because it's crazy. <laughs> and something might break while we talk about it. So. So. Sure. Let let's start with um, this is based on most recent Super Bowl betting odds, right? Uh, courtesy of our friends over at Bet Online. Yes, that is correct. Okay, I think that's an important distinguishment to make because there's a lot of teams that are picking in the top twelve that won football games. Yeah, <laughs> and those fans are gonna find out where they're picking. And on social, it's going to happen because nobody wants to read the details, right? It's just what number is assigned to my team and what player did I get? Yep, that's it. And, you know, we we had the New York Giants that beat the Green Bay Packers in London. We had the Patriots that blanked the Lions. We had the Jets that hung a foodie burger on the Dolphins. Um, Let's see. what The Steelers are probably picking too low at eight because they got boat raced by the Bills. Um... I think that's it because everybody else up here lost. Yeah. Well, and the, no, Houston, who's picking one, one. 
They beat Jacksonville, right? So we are out of winless. So this is the the knee as we learn who these teams are, right? Is Jacksonville who we thought they were all along? Young football team. I think that's there's variance that you have to expect with a young football team. All right. <laughs> so we are we are we are out of winless teams already. Um, that's right. Yeah, they've all won a game. Wow. This feels fair. And we almost had Philadelphia go down to Arizona and we almost ran out of Kyler, undefeated teams. Kyler Murray didn't, you know, didn't, uh, didn't do the right things there at the end of the game. Give him the best chance. I'll tell you that. Uh, tell you that. No comment. Uh, we, there's another distinguishment to make about this mock draft, Kyle, and it's who wrote this mock draft. Yeah, we had the full, the, the content department divided the picks amongst themselves. Uh, so we have Jamie. Eisner, Justin Mello, Ryan Fowler, Alonzo, who's our current intern from Northwestern, right? Northwestern, yeah. And he is a Patriots fan. He made the Patriots pick. And then Jack McKessie. And did I miss any names here? Or is that the collective effort? Jamie, Justin, Ryan, Jack, and Alonzo. Yeah, I believe the, I believe they all took six, and then Alonzo just did the Patriots pick because he's a Patriots guy, unfortunately. But we like him anyway. So Jamie Eisner has the first pick, and he does the thing that he's probably went, been waiting for all of us. For to, somebody and, to do because right. they've got the Rob Juden jersey swap ready to go, and nobody's done it. And that's put Bryce Young at number one overall. Right. So this is the first, first one, right? First TDN mock draft that With the Bryce didn't Young have one. Will going one. Yeah. Uh, no, I think Stroud's gone. Stroud has gone as the first quarterback before. Okay. This I don't know that we've ever had Will Levis go number one overall. No. Well, I, I said Will Anderson was the when oh, I said. Oh yeah, yeah, Look yeah, at yeah, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking quarterbacks. I'm just thinking quarterbacks. Um, I will say this. I watched Alabama's offense without Bryce Young. <laughs> I got a little bit more of an appreciation for Bryce Young, seeing what it looked like without him against Texas A&M you know, on Saturday night. In my entire my entire outlook for for Saturday against Tennessee hinges on who's playing quarterback for the Tide, right? Because that's the right. different ball games. Right. Um, you're you're but, not playing the same sport. Thinking about Houston and um, the leadership there. Would you think this would be their quarterback? If they have their choice of quarterbacks, you think Bryce is the one? It's a great question. I can tell you this. I don't think anybody would come out of an interview with Bryce Young and have any concern that his conduct would mirror the previous sure. quarterback that sure. was the franchise quarterback of the Houston right. Texans. Right. 100%. That, it might mean something. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You're not well, thinking I, 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 guarantee, I guarantee you it means something, but I, I don't oh, know yeah. if it would push you to make that decision or not. Right. But, there's, a, there's another piece of the pie to be comfortable with, but from a makeup perspective. From a, from a personality yeah. and person perspective, you will not find a cleaner prospect in this year's draft than right. Bryce Young. Right, and I think there's a lot to be said for Bryce we're at the game, right? And he was very engaged with mm-hmm. being being present 
encouraging his teammates. I, you know, I don't know what he said to them, but he was in those huddles. He was there. He wanted his team to well, do well. Yeah, there was leadership he, he showed there. Joe, he was still the starting quarterback. Saban yeah. made sure that the screen there, when they introduced the yeah. starters, introduced Bryce Young as the A starter. A good solid Everybody hour before kick. Line. Yeah, an hour to before the, the kick. To, to the point where, like, the I think it was Sam Russo who – was sat was sat with us and and yeah. does branding and marketing and design and all kinds of stuff for us. But he like he he his background was with the Alabama football program. He got like a push notification for Bleach Report that says Bryce Young starting a quarterback for Alabama. <laughs> Bryce Young never sniffed the field, right? But they put him on the screen and he was in pads and he was as you said, Joe, very dialed in. And there was a point in the first half where we kind of looked at each other, we're like. Do we see Bryce in the second <laughs> second right. half? <laughs> right, but they did. They didn't need it. Uh, they didn't need it. So Bryce Young first pick by Jamie Eisner. I'm surprised Will Anderson falls to four. Yeah, yeah. I I can I can cling. I can get behind the Houston Seattle picking the quarterbacks where they are. That's fine. And as much as the Bears need. Help Could, can you imagine the riot, though? No, you know what? The way that this happens is if they just move on from Justin Fields this offseason regardless. If they move on from Justin Fields, the two quarterbacks that everybody's going to associate as being the top guys because they're the top name brands because they played at the top programs, they're off the board picks one and two because it's Young and Stroud are off the board. So it's, okay, do you take Will Levis? Do you take somebody else? Or do you just take the best player available? If you're going to transition and say, well, we didn't pick Justin Fields, so we're not married to Justin Fields, and he's averaging 120. I don't know what he did um, yesterday. I don't know what his numbers were, but it, he was coming in averaging like 98 passing yards a game or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they would say, well, we want to go in a different direction. And I think if they – they could very easily justify going back to square one because they're not past like square one and a half. Right. And if you can salvage getting compensation for Justin Fields and potentially place him in a situation where somebody can act like they want him and and believe in him and want to try to build around him might be a win-win, but I think that's the pathway for a defensive player to be the pick at three is if they actually transition away from Justin Fields and the board breaks like this. How easy was that pick for Ryan Fowler? Washington Commanders guy, he's sitting there with Will Anderson at the number four pick. I mean, yeah, that He hasn't was... been shy about his thoughts on, on Montez Sweat's right. development. So right. knowing what And we even know Chase about... Young to an extent, right? Like yeah. he's not had the best yeah. things to say there. So that was easy. Oh, I, pick. by the way, another Alabama defensive lineman right. for Washington. And look, that's not even a that's that's not even that, right? It that I mean it happens to go that way, but yeah, it's best player available. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What to, I mean, this is uh, the quarterbacks. I mean, look, look, Jack going Cam Ward for the Lions at nine. Jack sat in on the Cam Ward film study. Okay, so he knows. He he knows he's up there. He's been initiated with the the, right. the skills, and and Chris right. can confirm that. We we had a yeah. lot of love for Cam Ward. He was a part of it, and I'm not shocked that he was the one that ultimately made the decision to put Cam this high in the in the mock. Interesting Jordan Addison to the Jaguars. Can I, can I ask a question? Can I ask yeah. a question? Since you mentioned wide receiver, and, and Alonzo picked Jackson Smith and Jigba for New England, at what point is there some level of concern for Jackson Smith and Jigba in that he did not oh. play 
again for Ohio State on Saturday. Yeah, I think it's fair to bring it up. So at what what do we need to see this year in conjunction with last year to like say, yeah, this guy's going to declare and he's a worthy first round selection. I think he's like, a worthy was last first year round. Enough? I think it, yeah, I think it is a worthy worthy first round selection regardless, but he's played in two games and has four catches for 36 yards this year. Right. And he's I, and, I don't and, put and him speed ahead of is No, me neither. And and I think when when we're looking at the wide receiver class, I just think the top probably like top 20 stratosphere for him right now is a pretty tough sell based on what his availability has been. And like, we still do kind of have some long speed questions with Jackson Smith and Jigba. So now it's okay. You were totally right. unproductive with, with soft and he's still got half a season to turn it around, but man, I don't think Marvin Harrison jr. Is giving up the wide receiver one gig anytime soon. If we're being honest. Right. And they have, uh, admin, a difficult name to pronounce, but that like, you wonder with how it's going, like, how do you – are you re- willing to completely, like, redistribute your pecking order for passing targets, like, when it's going this well, when you have other talented players that are producing? I mean, I'm sure you can find it, but it's at least something yeah, I, I think about. I don't, th- I don't think he's going to come back in and post a 160-yard-per-game no. pace or whatever like this he was guy, I mean, before. Remember, this guy led the team in receiving last year over Olave and Wilson, who are good NFL players already. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Like by a lot. He set all the records. Um I, I kind of just want to go way down the list here, right? Because that we're just talking about this mock draft. Everybody go to the draftnetwork.com and, and read this mock draft for yourself. I I low-key love this pick for the Baltimore Ravens, Henry Toe Toe. I think Patrick Queen's hurting that defense. I, you know what I mean? I know that it was always going to be a bit of a process there, but I think he plays out of control and he misses so many tackles. Well, and the one thing you don't have concern about with Baltimore is having the horses up front to protect a smaller linebacker. Yeah. Like I know like what they, they drafted like Malik Harrison and they got Josh Bynes. So like they, they have some bigger backers there on the roster, but I don't think, Toto's size is restrictive for him, and I think he's a much more instinctual player, even if he's probably a, a marginally discounted athlete in comparison to what Patrick Queen is. I think the athleticism, if it's uncontrolled, it almost hurts you more, like you said, with, with mm-hmm. Queen. So, you know, I, I think Toto and his his ability to key and read and, and take good angles, and we saw him play a really good game against AM, uh, getting fit up on Achain a lot um, and and flying out and getting over top of runs to the perimeter. I agree with you. I think that's um, it's a good stylistic fit. And if they're, they're willing to upgrade that situation, it's about as good of a name as you could pick here. Right. I mean, you, we're going to force a receiver. <laughs> well, Jamie sat here and forced a, a quarterback at 28 to Tampa Bay. Now yeah, I will say, Jaron Hall from BYU has been playing some good football and he's a really fun player. I mean, he's, he's a live arm. He's got some flashes of Kyler to his game as far as his build and athleticism and how he throws the football. I'm not saying he's Kyler Murray. He's definitely not, 
but there's like that stylistic parallel that exists that you get pretty excited about. And he's played this entire year up until yesterday or, or this weekend against Notre Dame without his top two wide receivers in Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua. Like they haven't had their wide receivers healthy all year. They've pretty much just had the tight end there, uh, Isaac Rex, as, as like top pass catchers, and that's it. Um, but he's an older player. He's not a big player. Relatively small sample size as a starter. I think there's enough there that while I appreciate the perspective of trying to get Tampa Bay somebody other than Kyle Trask to be the quarterback of the future, I just don't know that Hall has an NFL resume that's going to warrant this kind, this stratosphere of a selection. Jamie just going for the chaos. All, like the the strangest picks in this are from Jamie. Which I'm sitting here trying to right. give obje- objective, and you're you're absolutely right. I don't even know why I bothered wasting my breath for, for Jamie. Just, for Jamie, yeah. Jamie would light it's, any it's, one of us on fire at any moment. You know what I mean? Shame on me. Shame on me. <laughs> Chris can attest to that. Yeah, you you were trying to be nice. I don't know why, but I you know I appreciate the commitment to team unity and being a, being togetherness. I, I appreciate the thought, but yeah, he's well, he's all over the place in this thing. What what is like the any other surprise selections here? I, two running backs. Yeah, yeah, sneaking Jameer Gibbs in at thirty to Philadelphia. Now he's he's earned it with his play, if we're being honest. But he was phenomenal against A and M. And if you're Philly, I, I I mean, I don't hate it. But, but they did the vaunted linebacker running back double dip special with the two first round picks. You know that that's they're they're going to get an earful for it. And bless your what? hearts for going okay. there. But okay. I will never do it again. I, I'm I'm just not going to be that version of High Roseman that doesn't actually exist. Eagles fans. Tell us what you want. Tell us, like seriously, please tweet at us and tell us when you're looking pass, at mock drafts, what rusher, makes sense to you. Pass rusher, corner. I doubt they'd even want a safety. I've, I've been going pass rusher and corner, but at every time you're like, man, the value at linebacker and running backs really good, and these would be great X factors for these teams. And the top is scarce of those two positions too. So it's like it, it that that's what makes it even harder to pass on those positions. It's like, man, like if I don't give him a linebacker here, what's going to be there in the second or third round? And I understand you got N'Kobe Dean kind of waiting in the wings here to get on the field for on a consistent basis on defense, but still, like, yeah, it's tough. Love the Darnell Washington pick for the Chargers. I just do. Impact blocker, impact receiving talent. Really nice middle of the field target for Herbert to grow with. I love that. And the last one that I want to bring up is Zay Flowers to Kansas City. And I want to ask, like, Joe, what's your concern that Zay Flowers is too much of a Mecole Hardman and not enough of a more diverse? NFL wide receiver prospect. You know what's interesting about that? And I I um I did a all twenty-two review of the of the Chiefs last week, so I'm I'm pretty current on them. They play tonight. Miko Hardman as the 
most established member of the receiving core for the Kansas City Chiefs is getting targeted behind Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Stevenson. I believe by a it. Lot. By a lot. Because by he's cat. always he's always just been a gimmicky target right. manufactured guy. Right. So and that's the concern that I know exists with Zay Flowers. Yeah. Yeah, like I think you if you want to get this type of player, it's got to be like the Jamison William Williams type player, or the the Jordan Addison type player. Like, or, like I I love the idea of getting the field stretcher, but it has to be not just a field stretcher. So I I, I worry that I I feel like simultaneously Kansas City is a great place to maximize what Zay Flowers can offer, but also not exactly the 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 perfect receiver for that type of role. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm. I'm, I'm not convinced on that one. I'm not convinced on him being a back, ha- you know, back part of the first round type guy either. Good player, day two pick. Um, not, not end of round one, for me. Anything else before we get out of here? I'm good. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert, the draft dudes. We appreciate everybody checking out the show. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday. Enjoy Monday night football. Hit subscribe. Come on back. See us again tomorrow. Thanks to our friends over at Bet Online for their continued support of the show. Hope to see you again soon. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com. Or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.